98K News. It's one o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. The headlines, a political commentator says he's not surprised by an alleged bomb plot targeting public facilities across Hong Kong. The Secretary for Constitutional and Mainland Affairs says a vetting body that screens candidates will consider each one's background. And the Privacy Commissioner rejects reports that tech giants such as Google might quit Hong Kong over proposed doxing laws. Political commentator Joseph Cheng says he's not surprised about a suspected bomb plot targeting public facilities across the city, saying there were similar reports during the anti-government protests in 2019. Police have arrested six secondary school students and three others on suspicion of planning bomb attacks and seized explosives material. Mr Cheng said there was considerable anger in society against the government and police and authorities should engage in dialogue with the community to tackle the root causes of the discontent. I do remember that in the early summer and autumn of 2019, there were suggestions of some kind of independent commission of inquiry and the launch of dialogue between the government and the community and so on. And it is said that under the present circumstances, no one is interested to raise these suggestions once more, simply because I guess various parties believe that such suggestions are naive and impracticable at this time. The Secretary for Constitutional and Mainland Affairs, Eric Tung, says a vetting body that screens candidates in future elections will look at a person's background and the actual circumstances of each case when making its decisions. The minister, who's a member of the vetting committee, was responding to questions on whether people who quit political parties that have opposed the government before would be cleared to run in future polls. He said the body will make decisions according to the law. Meanwhile, the official said he's still looking for his undersecretary. He wouldn't comment on reports that the DAB's Chris Ip, who was tipped for the job, has now failed to secure the position after intervention from Beijing. The Privacy Commissioner has con- contradicted reports that tech giants such as Google could stop offering services in Hong Kong because of proposed laws to outlaw the sharing of personal data without consent. The Asia Internet Coalition, which includes firms such as Google, Facebook and Yahoo, earlier said staff in Hong Kong could face criminal charges after the so-called doxing laws are introduced. The Commissioner, Ada Chung, told an RTHK radio programme that online platforms wouldn't break the law if they removed illegal content as requested by authorities. The founder of Green Earth, Edwin Lau, says a public consultation on a plastic bottle recycling scheme received an overwhelming number of responses, over 4,600. He said it showed the public was highly concerned about single-use beverage bottles polluting the landscape. He said the consultation ended in May, but the government was still seeking people's views via a telephone survey. He said many felt a 10-cent refund for returning a bottle was too low. Authorities have locked down the mainland city of Rui Li on the border with Myanmar, shutting most businesses and requiring residents to stay home. Another 15 coronavirus cases were found on top of six in the first two days of an outbreak. Authorities earlier banned unnecessary travel in and out of the city on Monday. The latest cases were discovered during mass testing of residents. Rui Li had an outbreak in March and launched a campaign to vaccinate the entire city in April. 
South Korea has reported over 1,200 new coronavirus cases, the highest daily count since late December. The country has been battling persistent small outbreaks, prompting officials to delay easing some social distancing rules. At a COVID briefing, officials said the virus was spreading rapidly among unvaccinated people in their 20s and 30s. Around 30% of the population of 52 million have received at least one dose of a COVID vaccine. A coronavirus lockdown in and around Sydney in Australia has been extended by seven days after the end of this week as the Delta variant spreads. 27 new cases were detected, making it a total of more than 330 local infections since mid-June. Here's the BBC's Shaima Khalil. Health officials are worried that many of those testing positive for COVID-19 had not been in isolation while infectious. The New South Wales State Premier Gladys Berejiklian said the restrictions will also affect students and teachers returning from school holidays next week. Learning will be online in Greater Sydney, except for children of essential workers. The lockdowns in several cities over the past two weeks and the rising number of cases have highlighted how slow Australia's vaccination rollout has been. The governor of New York State, Andrew Cuomo, has declared a disaster emergency following a surge in gun violence there. He said more than 50 people had died in shooting incidents over the 4th of July weekend alone. The move will enable the state to bolster its law enforcement presence in cities where shootings are on the rise. Mr Cuomo said treating gun violence as a public health crisis was necessary in order to break the cycle of violence. It's so bad that... When you look at the recent numbers, more people are dying of gun violence than of COVID. It is an emergency. And I want the people of the state to understand that. So today, first state in the nation is going to declare a disaster emergency on gun violence. Search and rescue teams have recovered the remains of eight more victims of the partial collapse of a block of flats near the U.S. city of Miami early two weeks, nearly two weeks ago. The number of people known to have died is now 36. 109 are still unaccounted for. The U.S. military has cancelled a 10 billion U.S. dollar cloud computing project controversially awarded to the Microsoft Corporation by the former Trump administration. At that time, Microsoft's main rival, Amazon, accused Donald Trump of casting undue influence. Here's the BBC's James Clayton. Donald Trump never hid his disdain for former Amazon boss Jeff Bezos. He referred to him as Jeff Bozo on Twitter and regularly criticised the Washington Post, a newspaper that Bezos owns. When a lucrative cloud computing contract was given to Microsoft instead of Amazon, Amazon challenged the decision in the courts. The Pentagon says the decision to scrap the contract was to do with technology advances and didn't mention the legal challenge. In a statement, though, Microsoft said the Pentagon was faced with the choice of years of litigation or to find another path forward. The United States and European countries signed up to the 2015 nuclear accord with Iran have warned Tehran its uranium enrichment efforts could endanger talks in Vienna, aimed at restoring the deal. The US State Department called Iran's move an unfortunate step backwards. Here's the BBC's James Landale. For more than three months, talks have been taking place in Vienna to revive the international deal curbing Iran's nuclear activities. The aim is to get the US to lift economic sanctions and Iran to limit the purity and stockpiles of its nuclear fuel. But the United Nations nuclear watchdog has confirmed Iran is now starting to produce enriched uranium metal. The foreign ministers of Britain, France and Germany said there was no credible civilian need for this. 
The Dutch Prime Minister Mark Rutte has condemned an attack in the centre of Amsterdam on the prominent investigative journalist Peter Eyre de Vries. Witnesses said five shots were fired and Mr de Vries is said to be in a critical condition in hospital. Amsterdam's mayor Femke Halsema has paid tribute to him. Peter R. de Vries is for us all a national held. Peter R. de Vries is a national hero for all of us, an uncommonly brave journalist, tireless in his search for justice, fully independent and free of spirit. He stands for people in need, for the parents whose child has been murdered or people who have been wrongly convicted. He keeps the investigative authorities on their toes and with that he keeps the rule of law on course. He isn't finished yet at all. Canada has appointed an Inuit leader, Mary Simon, to serve as Governor-General, the representative of the head of state, Queen Elizabeth. It marks the first time an Indigenous person has held the role. The appointment follows the discovery in recent months of unmarked children's graves at government-funded boarding schools, which operated for over a century as part of a policy of eroding Indigenous culture. Ms Simon said she would work towards reconciliation. My appointment comes at a especially reflective and dynamic time in our shared history. During my time as Governor General, I will work every day towards promoting healing and wellness across Canadian society. To me, that means stopping to fully recognize, memorialize and come to terms with the atrocities of our collective past that we are learning more about each day. To business news, shares in electric car maker Xpeng have debuted in Hong Kong as Chinese-based firms trading in the United States seek to avoid the glare of Beijing's regulators by listing closer to home. Xpeng, which is already Nasdaq-listed and is chasing Tesla in China, is the latest mainland company to list on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange, following other big tech firms such as video platform Bilibili and search giant Baidu. The Guangzhou-headquartered carmaker raised 14 billion Hong Kong dollars in its initial public offering ahead of the start of trade in Hong Kong this morning, selling 85 million shares at 165 Hong Kong dollars each. Its shares traded around 1.8% higher on opening. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 27,858. That's 211 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $81 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 110.56 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 18 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 71 cents. To sports, and we start with basketball, where Chris Paul scored 32 points to lead the Phoenix Suns over the Milwaukee Bucks, 118 to 105 in the opening game of the NBA Finals. The 36-year-old backcourt maestro, making his NBA Finals debut in his 16th NBA season, delivered clutch scoring and added nine assists, while Devin Booker added 27 points and 22-year-old Bahamas big man DeAndre Ayton had 22 points and 19 rebounds. Phoenix will try to grab a 2-0 edge when the best-of-seven showdown continues on Thursday. To football's Euro 2020, where Italy are through to the final after beating Spain on penalties. They were locked at one all after 90 minutes and extra time at Wembley Stadium in London. The Italians came through 4-2 in the penalty shootout. The BBC's Alex Capstick was at the game. A dramatic conclusion to a scintillating game of football. Jorginho's super-cool spot kick sent Italy through to Sunday's final but it was cruel on Spain who had played so well for much of a breathless game. Italy had taken the lead against the run of play. Federico Chiesa with a lovely finish. Spain responded, Alvaro Morata pulling them level. It was a great goal. 
Both sides had chances to win it before the shootout, in which Italy held their nerve in front of their delirious fans. England and Denmark meet in the second semi-final at 3am tomorrow morning Hong Kong time. After beating Ukraine 4-0 and now with home advantage at Wembley, England boss Gareth Southgate has been trying to play down expectations. I think it's a motivating thing, it's a challenge for us. Um, if we were a country that had won five titles and you know we, we had to match what had gone before, it might feel differently, but um, we're not. Um, Denmark have won it, so maybe there's more pressure on Denmark to replicate that. Argentina will play Brazil in Rio in the final of South America's most prestigious football tournament, the Copa America, after beating Colombia on penalties. The two nations had drawn one all. The final is set for 8am Sunday morning, Hong Kong time. Next to tennis, world number one Ash Barty has reached the semi-finals at Wimbledon for the first time. The BBC's Chris Dennis has a recap of the women's quarter-final matches. Barty pulled out of the French Open with a hip injury last month but has got better and better round by round here at Wimbledon and was just too strong, too clever for fellow Australian Ilya Tomlanovic. 6-1, 6-3 the final score. Barty will now play Angelique Kerber who's back in the semi-final for the first time since winning the title in 2018. The German has endured a difficult couple of years but was smiling from ear to ear after her straight sets win over the Czech Karolina Mukova. The numbers two and eight seeds, Irina Sabalenka and Karolina Pliskova, are both through to the last four for the first time. Sabalenka's power and precision finally brought Ange Jabeur's remarkable run to an end. Pliskova was irresistible at times in demolishing Victoria Gulbic and is a serious contender for the title. This was Barty's reaction after reaching the final four at Wimbledon. This is my dream. I'm in an extremely fortunate position that I'm getting to do what I love and getting to do what I I dreamt as as a kid. I've just got a, a whole lot of gratitude for the fact that I get to come out here and do what I love and the world that we're living in at the moment. Um, I think it's it's incredible that we're able to to play, compete, to have people enjoy it with us. Um, so I'm just certainly enjoying every single minute that that I get on, out on those courts. Our top stories once again. A political commentator says he's not surprised by an alleged bomb plot targeting public facilities across Hong Kong. The Secretary of Constitutional and Mainland Affairs says a vetting body that screens candidates will consider each one's background. And the Privacy Commissioner rejects reports that tech giants such as Google might quit Hong Kong over proposed doxing laws. Finally, look at the weather forecast. It'll be hot with sunny intervals, a few showers and squalls. There will also be isolated thunderstorms. Winds will be moderate to fresh east to southeasterlies, occasionally strong on high ground at first. Currently, the observatory, 31 degrees Celsius, humidity 77%. And please be advised, the standby signal number one is still in force. That's the news, sports and weather from RTHK.
And welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Wednesday afternoon. Wednesday, the 7th of July, is today's date. Many thanks once again to Phil for the morning brew this morning. We have a busy program for you. Now, since it's Wednesday, you know it. Cruzan McCalligan is joining us this week for our midweek audio column. And this week, Cruz will be talking about rainbows. That's right. And uh, before all of that, in about 10 minutes or so, we'll be chatting with Amanda Sun, who is an uh, avid art lover, a social entrepreneur, and also the founder and director of the Arts for Good Foundation, which is a local social enterprise that really aims to help de-escalate the issues of social polarization and also cultural divide amongst children uh, through the arts. And we'll hear more uh, from her uh, as she joins us live this afternoon in our RTHK studios. And we'll also uh, hope to bring you that interview uh, via Facebook as well. So do join us there on that platform if you can. 